Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 58 of UAB Green and Told, original air date Monday, November 8th, 2021. Through this podcast, we are able to share stories from members of the UAB community. You can listen into past episodes of the podcast at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold or on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. While there, be sure to leave a written review so we can reach more alumni. I'm Greg Berry, a UAB alum and assistant director in the Office of Alumni Affairs. On this episode, we welcome Lance Rhodes to the UAB Green and Told podcast. Lance is a product of Birmingham. However, his original path took him out of state to play football. But as he'll share, a buzz around Blazer football in the mid-2000s led him home and back onto the field. You know, with Roddy White and Daryl Hackney and many others, Zach Woodfin, there were some great athletes. And so I knew this was a good team. And so I was excited to come back. While Lance played alongside UAB football legends like Roddy White and Daryl Hackney, He'll share why his work with them post-college may be the most meaningful. The fact that they trusted me uh, to work with them when I was, you know, just fresh out of college, when their physical well-being actually impacted their livelihood. Today, his company does more than work on progressing the performance of professional athletes. It works with people of all ages, and it means the world to him when those individuals keep coming back. We have athletes that we trained as high schoolers and possibly played college athletics that now train with us in the adult program. When he was younger, you could probably have found Lance Rhodes hanging around and playing sports with Blake Prime. Long before Lance and Blake became business partners working to improve the performance of athletes, and even before the two starred in the gridiron for the UAB football team, the two were friends and teammates in high school. And that's exactly where this story starts. I would have been a Hoover kid anyways, even if it was built, but Blake, uh, he would have been a Spain Park athlete and student. He had the unfortunate um, gift of driving all the way from 280 all the way to Hoover High School for 6 a.m. <laughs> workouts uh, back then. So I felt bad for all of those guys. So did you guys graduate together? We've been together since uh, spring of eighth grade. He, he was at... Um, it was called Barry then, but it was actually at Green Valley Elementary, technically. It was kind of like a weird setup back then. And maybe they were at the what is now in the Vestavia school system. And then we came together for spring training for the upcoming year of ninth grade. And that's where we met each other. And then, you okay. know, we've become best friends since and co-workers following college. What were you like growing up? Obviously, you're an athletic guy. You played sports, I'm sure. Did you play them all or did you focus at the time? When I was here growing up, I was not allowed to play football until seventh grade. So I played soccer, basketball, baseball while I was here in Alabama. And then when I would go to Idaho to see my dad in the summers, my best friend out there was a really good tennis player. So I played a lot of tennis in the summers there and rode bikes and did all the stuff you get to do out in the mountains up in the Northwest. And so I got to do all of that um, pretty much till seventh grade. And then in seventh grade, um, I dropped the soccer and played uh, football, basketball, baseball until Rush Probst got to Hoover High School the end of my sophomore year. And my junior year, I gave up everything just to play football and focus on that because Rush told me that I, mean, I was a smaller guy. If you want to play at the next level, you're going to have to put on weight. And so I kind of gave up the other things to focus on that, even though looking back, I, it probably really would have been just as good either way, but worked out well for me anyways. And so, you know, I, I didn't become, I guess, a specialist in a sense until uh, my junior year of high school. What kind of athlete were you on the gridiron? Were you just kind of a, a speedy guy? Were you uh, an elusive guy? What was your style of play when it came to football? In seventh grade, when I started, I would say 
So when I was young, I was always really quick, really fast, really competitive. Um, I would say those were probably my strongest qualities. But when I started growing, which was like seventh grade to like ninth grade, I slowed down a lot because I was just growing. Even though I didn't really grow a lot, um, I'm only like five nine, five ten. Um, I had a lot of like knee pain, so I kind of was slow during that time. But I was, I was smart and I could play the quarterback in a basic way in seventh, eighth, ninth grade. I completed the ball. I did my job. I didn't have some exceptional arm. I had a good enough arm. I was accurate. And so in the beginning, I really wasn't the athlete that I became in post, like the end of my high school career where I was, you know, I was more of an elusive, quick, explosive, highly competitive um, mobile quarterback, I guess you could say, when I finished my Hoover. And then when I got into college, I moved more into a slot punt returner type position. Let's talk about the recruiting process. Here you are. You mentioned you're a shorter guy, 5'9". What was the recruiting process like? Who's taking a look at you and why ultimately UAB? Currently in the era of football that we see on television now, my skill set would have been uh, great. And it still was good back when I played as well. Just the spread offense still wasn't the common thing across the board. And so it still was big outside receivers, you know, run the ball, use the pass to spread it out. So I was limited on a lot of the colleges I could get recruited by, but long story short, I was committed actually to the University of Kentucky uh, all of my fall of my senior year. Back then there was Hal Mummy was the head coach. Tony Franklin was offensive coordinator. If you remember Tim Couch, who won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, we would go up there with Hoover in the summers and do like seven on seven because I wasn't big yet. And so there really wasn't any seven on seven across the state at that time. And so I got recruited them to play receiver and ran a 40 and a pro agility up there before my senior year. And they offered me on the spot. And so I committed to them because I was like, these are the only guys that are really running four or five wide spreads. My skill set would be strong here. And so during that time, I'd also been offered by UAB by Coach Sullivan. So I had a great relationship with Coach Sullivan and the staff at UAB at the time. And then I was getting recruited heavily as a cornerback at other schools. So like Arkansas, Southern Miss, NC State, some of these other schools we're actually looking to play defense because I did play some corner uh, my senior year and junior year as well. Uh, but I didn't really want to go backwards. I like going forwards. I like scheming. I'm more of a forward moving kind of guy than a prevent people from going at me kind of guy. And so I didn't really love all that. But at the end of the my senior year or end of the season of my senior year, so December of 2000 after we won state, the entire Kentucky staff got fired because of illegal recruiting out of a high school in Memphis. And so when that happened, I kind of opened my recruiting back up. I was a little late for my skill set, so I didn't get a ton of options. Well, last minute, my dad sent a tape to former Boise State head coach Dirk Cutter, who was now getting the Arizona State job because Dirk Cutter was from where my dad is from in Pocatello, Idaho. And he got on a treadmill, watched my highlight tape, called, flew me out there in January and offered me on the spot. And I, you know, I was like, wow, this Phoenix, Arizona in January is beautiful. It's nice and cool and not real hot and gorgeous, no clouds in the sky. And so I committed there and uh, left June of 2001, was there all the way through December, had some just family stuff going on. And so I felt like it was best for me to transfer back here. Um, and Coach Sullivan and Watson Brown were awesome enough and just open-armed enough to welcome me back to UAB. Uh, Blake was at UAB and I knew they had a great class in my class you know, with Roddy White and Daryl Hackney and many others, Zach Woodfin, there were some great athletes. And so I knew this was a good team. And so I was excited to come back um, and be a part of that here in Birmingham. What was the football program like at the time? Obviously, it's night and day from where it's at now just because of facilities and everything else. What was it like back then? I think it was exciting 
uh, as far as the culture was like, like it is now from the perspective that we knew we had some talent. We, you know, it, UAB was starting to be recognized. They had beaten LSU a couple years earlier. And so there was some, there was some publicity going on. I think we thought we were really good. We had a lot of great athletes, obviously. I mean, we had a lot of guys get drafted and play in the NFL out of those classes. And obviously had Roddy White come out of that. And because of that, we were confident and, you know, we thought the football program was only going to be moving forward. And we thought we were the foundation of that. And I, I think still to this day, we are, uh, along with classes previously before us. And it's exciting to see where they're at now. But I think we were just as excited and motivated as, you know, the, the teams are now. You know, we got to go to the first bowl game the end of my junior year in Hawaii. And so we got to experience some new things that was new to the UAB football program. Talk a bit about the experience of getting on the field. How did you prepare yourself game in, game out? I would say, you know, it was different for me than high school because I was playing a different position and I was used to being the main, like Daryl's position, Hackney's position. I was more used to that in high school. I also had two years of not playing any games from when I won a state championship and then because I went to Arizona State. Had to, uh, I had ankle surgery, transferred back, and then I had to sit a year. For me, the first game we played at Baylor in Waco, Texas in August, and it was like 100 million degrees. And I just remember being too overexcited, and I drank like a Red Bull, which was a bad idea, and just the caffeine and the sugar, and I was nervous, and I dropped my only punt of my entire college career that game. But from then forward, it was more of just making sure that I didn't get my emotions too high. I made sure during the week that the, the coaching, uh, the plan that they – prepared us with all week. I was aware of it, knew what my responsibilities and roles were, knew, you know, what I needed to do to help the other players out on their plays and, you know, just prepped in that manner. And then just made sure at that game, I was mentally prepared to, to do as well as I could. And I also tried to do a pretty good job because academics were important to me. And so just making sure my stress level wasn't too high on that side. And luckily, Coach Watson uh, Brown was nice enough to let me and Blake room together because both of us had pretty difficult academics a lot of the time and we both cared about it so he let us room together we you know study sometimes on traveling and, and some of those things but it was great it was more just being composed making sure that you know the things that we prepped for all week what those things were and how we we're going to apply those in the game what kind of student were you you mentioned you were taking hard classes what were you like academically i was hot or cold i'm a very like when i'm into something i'm a very i'm a 110 type person and when i'm not i am like zero percent and so I would have like a 4-0 in sciences and the next semester I'd have like a 2-2 because of music appreciation that I didn't want to even go to kind of thing. And then the coaches, I had, you know, coaches that would come in and be like, Lance, this is not who you are. And I'd be like, you're absolutely right. And then I would crank it back up. And then I finished strong my last, you know, two years. And so I finished over a 3-0 with a history uh, degree and then exercise science minor as well. And it's that exercise science minor that really kind of proved to be the difference with your career and, and the trajectory you went. When did you start working with athletes one-on-one -on -one to get them up to, you know, a high level of uh, athleticism and, and a high level of performance? Um, fall of 2005 was my last year of eligibility. That winter I had another shoulder surgery. And then that spring, so spring of 2006, while I was finishing my degree, I was reading all kinds of different exercise science books and biomechanics and nutrition. 
And then there was two professors in the exercise science department, Dr. Jane Roy, who's no longer there, and Dr. Gary Hunter, who is a professor emeritus in the uh, education and nutrition sciences. And he became a mentor to me. And I would just go meet him in his office. And we would go through all types of different exercise science and research and all these different things. And I thought I was going to go on and probably do a master's in exercise science and possibly a PhD because that's what my mom's side of is educationally. But so I started taking some of that info and started working with Blake's little brother and some other high school athletes that I knew just in my parents' basement in that spring. And, you know, within like four months, we ended up having like 30 something kids in my parents' basement. And we we're like, oh my goodness, where are we going to, my parents were like, you guys got to stop working out in our basement like this. So we started going to like some outfields that we could find at different school parks. And we started getting kicked off those jumping over fences. We didn't want to be like bad community residents. So we didn't want to do that. And then we ended up renting a place in Vestavia in the floodplain over there across from Mount, Mount Mark's Outdoors. And that was our first location. Why do you think your program grew so quickly? Because you start just with Blake's brother and then all of a sudden you're up to 37. You have to move out of the basement. The success came from somewhere. You had to have been doing something a little bit differently than than others. I think uh, there, there was a couple of things that um, allowed us to get implanted quick and then also grow. Um, one, just being from this community, having some success in athletics in this community, I think helped definitely. Um, and then two coaches, Rush Probst was at Hoover High School still. But my offensive coordinator when I played at Hoover was John Gross, who he was the Spain Parkhead football coach at the time. He's obviously the head coach at Jacksonville State now. And because of that, it allowed an easy entry for me to uh, be supported by both of them and have them, you know, pushing their athletes to come do if they're going to do any extra work. Let's come do that with Lance. We trust Lance. He's passionate. And then I think the second thing was um, I'm passionate about people. I'm passionate about um, helping people progress, especially in the performance. And I think that desire to serve people and serve them well in a way that benefits them and their progress. I think that helped. And um, I'm a pretty energetic guy. So people like maybe the energy that we put into our training program. And I think those were the things that really just started ingraining us in the community. And then Blake was doing a great job working with adults at the time. And when he brought that same passion to serve and uh, help progress people in the fitness and health side, when we put that together, I think it just allowed us to expand connections in the community, coaches in the community, and then just doing a great job of serving people well. And also trying to expand what our program was. Back then we had no idea what we were doing as far as like compared to what we do now. Then we were just trying things and learning and, you know, building the systems that we apply now. At what point during this whole thing did Godspeed become Godspeed for you and Blake Prime? Great question. So originally the company was called well, the IRS called it Lance Rhodes Performance Methods Incorporated. Um, we abbreviated it RPM Inc. And then uh, 2009, I became a Christian. And during that time, I was on a mission trip in Honduras, actually. And someone was showed me a verse called First Timothy, or it's First Timothy 4.8. It says, uh, physical training's of importance, but spiritual's of the utmost as it has promised for this life and the life to come. So Long story short, we started a nonprofit called Godspeed Grace because Godspeed usually was used to wish someone well on a journey, right? And so we started Godspeed Grace using fitness and performance to raise money for ministries abroad and locally here in the Birmingham community, like Restoration Academy, Love Lady, and then some like Forgotten Children's Ministries in Honduras. And then in 2013, we were building our new facility and my mentor, his name's Chad Stubbs, he owns Reflex Blue, which is a large marketing company here in Birmingham. 
he was like, you know what, Lance? Like, you guys, Godspeed's y'all's name. That's who you are. Um, it's got a reference on, you know, the culture of your facility. And then it's got the speed, which is the service that you provide performance. And we just put it together. We switched our colors from black and green to gold and charcoal. And, you know, ever since then, we've, we've never turned back. You work with a wide range of individuals from younger teens all the way up to people in their 50s, 60s. How do you approach each differently? The way we do that is you think about Godspeed as a whole, right? And then an athletic department would be the easiest way to kind of describe how we function. So UAB has their entire athletic department, but football is an entity over here and it has its own functionality, men's basketball, women's basketball, and all the other sports kind of have their, their systems in place, right? But they're all, you know, guided and given boundaries by the entire athletic department. And that's Godspeed. Now in it, we have our active life program, which is our health and fitness. And so that's our adult program with teenagers all the way up to 70 year olds. And it has its boundaries and its principles that it goes by and its staff. Then we have our athlete performance on site where athletes all the way from eight years old up to NFL players train with us. And then we have teams that we train on site and off site. And then we have our uh, restore physical therapy. We have our own physical therapist. Now, the only similarity in all of those is that we apply our core method, which is every one of those programs we evaluate educate, equip, and refine every single one of them. So we evaluate them. We want to know where they're at so we can help guide them on where they're going. We're going to educate them on where they're at, where they're going. We're going to equip them so they can achieve those goals. And then we're going to refine them with another evaluation to see where they're at. So that goes for adults, athletes, teams, and even our uh, therapy patients. You mentioned NFL athletes. What was the first pro athlete that you worked with? Uh, The first one I ever worked with would definitely be Roddy. Um, You know, when, when he obviously got drafted first round to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, His first year in the NFL was my senior year at UAB playing. And, you know, Daryl and him, Daryl, you know, got opportunity in the NFL as well. So when they would come to town, they would come just train with me. I mean, they were amazing. Like the the fact that they trusted me uh, to work with them when I was, you know, just fresh out of college, when their physical well-being actually impacted their livelihood was a huge deal for me. And I'm forever grateful that they did that. And so I got to work with uh, Daryl and then Roddy and then Carlos Hendricks, you know, played in NFL a little while, played in NFL Europe, was a corner on my same class. And then actually the one who's kind of been with me the longest is Joe Webb. So Joe was a freshman my senior year at UAB and we just became good buddies. And he started training with me while he was still at UAB, just here and there. And then obviously when he got uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, he's he's been with me ever since. And so those those would be my first group. And then on the baseball side, my first athlete was Wes Helms. He played 12 years in the MLB as well. At what point did you think, you know what? I have something that I can draw professional athletes to and really work with them to improve their game. I think after I worked with Roddy and Daryl and they had gone off to some big name facilities across the country that are you know, supported by uh, large agent uh, management groups and them coming back and being like, Lance, you know, you're, you're doing what these guys are doing because I was reading all these guys and I was researching everything. And I was, I was pulling things that I thought were beneficial from all these different professionals and building kind of my own methodology out of that. And, you know, having them reinforce these items that I was doing and then seeing them also progress and and have injury free seasons, you know, that wasn't just me. That was their great strength track at, at, at the pro teams they were with and, great therapists that they all worked with. But I felt like we had a little part in that. And that just started building our confidence that, hey, we're, we're not just amateurs. You know, we've got a lot to learn and I, I still have so much to learn. 
but you know, we're, we're heading in the right direction and the service we provide can benefit people. Who would you say is the biggest name that you've worked with? I, the biggest name in the state of Alabama, probably Andre Smith, just because everybody knows Andre. You know, he was all everything since he was a young guy. Probably Andre Smith. Roddy would have to be there because of his just amazing career in the NFL also. What kind of satisfaction do you get when you see your clients out and about, whether it's on TV, watching an NFL game, or just at the grocery store for some of those active life members? I think for us, it's, you know, our industry is, is so service-based. You know, it, it's, it's not the most money-driven uh, industry. There can be great financial resources provided in this industry, but people that get into this industry, they get in to serve people and see their influence impact people. And so for us, when we see an athlete do an amazing job on the field on a Sunday in the NFL, it's, it's just so awesome to see. At the same time, to see a parent come back to us and be like, or a grandparent say, you know, I got to run around my yard with my kids for the first time in five years. That's impactful to us. And even more influential to us is we have athletes that we trained as high schoolers and possibly played college athletics that now train with us in the adult program. So for us, it's just so rewarding to see that we've impacted them enough that they want to continue to have their health and fitness influenced by us or their performance and in injury prevention. It's just extremely rewarding. I mean, you can't put a number on it, to be honest. With all that Godspeed has done over the last decade and a half, where are we going to see you in the next decade, decade and a half? Great question. Um, we opened our second facility in Huntsville, uh, February of 2020. Of course, the world shut down three weeks later, so that was a little bit difficult, but God is good, and we've been doing great up there and really impacting Northeast Alabama. Our goal is 10 more facilities in 10 years. We, The way we do our facilities, they're bigger. They have multiple programs like we talked about earlier. We started physical therapy now in both locations. We have two amazing physical therapists that serve our populations and uh, well. And our goal is to continue to expand that. We also are developing um, our own app. And so we'll be able to serve teams remotely outside of the state in these boundaries here. And then we're developing our own um, evaluative and event system. So we'll be hosting guide speed combines for football, for basketball, baseball, for high school athletes all over the state coming in 2022 and then Southeast, hopefully in 2023. How did your experience at UAB, both on the field and in the classroom, lay the foundation for the success that you've had? Absolutely. So UAB was tremendous for me in that. On the athletic side, I got to see a young program that um, didn't have necessarily all the resources that even sometimes Hoover High School had at the time, you know. And so I went to a place that was maximizing limited resources and getting high level performance out of it. And so to see people work together and maximize the situation they're in. Let me know that like, hey, you, there's no excuse. You have to get things done and you have to sometimes be creative and sometimes you have to, you know, lose the battles to win the war sometimes. And so I learned that on the, maybe this performance or the, the athletic side. On the academic side, I had amazing professors that showed me grace and also pushed me um, that allowed me to see that whether I'm hiring employees or I'm working with teams or a, a staff, you know, to be able to push in a healthy way, but also to extend grace to help when things go in a, a direction that they might not have known, or they just, you know, weren't paying attention or weren't doing a great job in the time to be able to invest in them and, and see the long-term goal of getting them where they need to be. UAB did an amazing job for that on the academic side where I didn't know what I wanted to do. They didn't try to jam anything down my throat or make anything uh, pressed onto me. They were like, hey, here's different options. 
here's some great programs over here, some great services over here. And they did an amazing job of just showing me like opportunity, but not, you know, maybe directing me in one path and saying, this is the only way you need to go, Lance. And I'm very thankful for that. Looking back at your playing days, is there anything you wish you would have accomplished that you didn't? I function really well when people absolutely hold me accountable in a very heavy pressuring way. That's how I react. I'm a very bold person. So boldness also motivates me. And I wish I would have found better mentors earlier in my UAB career. I, I met Dr. Hunter, who I'd mentioned earlier, later in my academic career. And I wish I would have been, me, Lance, more available to reaching out and, and pursuing a mentor on the UAB athletic department staff because they were there. I just didn't do a good job of making myself accessible to them. And so that's where I feel like if I would have allowed them to speak into me better and you know maybe not have been as entitled emotionally as I might have been at times during my college, early college careers, I wish I would have done that better and just allowed myself to uh, let these mentors invest in me and heed their knowledge, heed their wisdom, heed their truth. You know, I had a mentor once say to me, Lance, truth is often times received with irritation. And that is a very true point. Like when you hear something that you probably need to hear, but don't want to, it's not always that comfortable. And I wish I would have done a better job of receiving those things, reflecting on it and being able to adapt faster. That's if I could speak back to my younger self, that's what I would have said. That's Lance Rhodes. Lance earned his Bachelor of Arts degree from the UAB College of Arts and Sciences in 2008 and is a two-time recipient of the UAB Excellence in Business Top 25 Awards as owner of Godspeed Elite Sports Academy. With a passion for the green and gold as a former football player, Lance definitely has an idea of what it means to be a blazer. I think for me to be in a blazer is that we blaze new paths, not to be, you know, kind of cliche and all of that. But when you look at what UAB's done, you know, it's in a state with Alabama and Auburn, obviously, on the athletic and even academic side. But UAB has blazed its trail medically, obviously, in the downtown with its research and its medical school and dental school and nursing school and physical therapy school and all the different schools they have all of their PhD programs, their engineering department, and their many other amazing schools that they have. And so I feel like UAB, the growth they've had, I mean, they have transformed that South side Birmingham since I've been there in the late nineties and early two thousands and see how they have just pushed the edge and really changed, not just the academics and the student experience, they've changed Birmingham. And I think that's what it means to be a blazer. And you're seeing that in the football program, you're seeing that in the athletics. And so I think for me as a blazer, it's it's that we have a fire inside of us that we keep letting it blaze and we, we allow it to stoke our passions to grow and to expand and to influence and to impact. And I feel like that's what it means to be a blazer. Be sure to listen into previous episodes of UAB Green and Told. You can find all of them at alumni.uab.edu slash green and told, Spotify, and the Apple Podcast app. Have a story to share? Email greenandtold at uab.edu. Finally, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for UAB Alumni. Thanks for listening, and until next time, go Blazers!